Mitch Kupchak spoke yesterday for his end of season media availability. He talked about a lot, including LaMelo Ball and Nada Edwards joins us. He comes back home to talk all about it. That's all today on the Locked on Hornets podcast. You are Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. And this episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NBA60 and use code NBA60 for 60% off plus free shipping. So big thanks to HelloFresh. And big thanks to Nada Edwards. Appreciate him hopping on. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at Not of the Scribe, the producer extraordinaire for the Ion College Basketball Podcast. We're going to put him to some more work about the NBA draft since he is the one watching all the college basketball. And now you're doing NFL draft stuff, right? They keep you busy well, over at CBS. Yeah, yeah. Just when I think I'm out, they they bring me back in, and I, I could say that about this podcast as well. I was about to so, say, yeah, I'm doing a <laughs> oh, lot no. of work. I oh, am doing buddy. a lot of work right now, and. We'll, we'll see. Again, it'll be draft, 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 basically up until July 1st, and then I'll figure out what I'll do then. So we'll see. Uh, it's cute that you think you can leave sometimes. We're always going to bring you back yeah. 100%. <laughs> no matter what, we'll always bring you back. Absolutely. That's Doug Branson. Catch his work on everyhornetsboxscore.com. You can listen to me, Walker Mail, on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3. All right, there is a lot to comb through here, so let's get right to it with what Mitch Kupchak had to say yesterday. And as we typically do, let's start with LaMelo Ball, the star, the guy that we all want to hold on to. And LaMelo even said, look, he loves it here in Charlotte. But during his end of season media availability, he talked about how he's going to take it day by day and that he cannot tell the future. So the the latter of that comment left people a little uneasy because it wasn't as overwhelmingly, um, I don't know, overwhelmingly saying, yes, I want to stay here in Charlotte. He, he'd left some room for doubt because, look, he's right. Nothing he said there was wrong. We don't know what the future is going to hold. Here's Mitch Kupchak talking about his star on some of the things he could improve on during the offseason and some other things. Here's Mitch Kupchak. At some point, a big step, you know, is is going to be the leadership role, right? That's not the kind of thing that you can come in at 19 or 20 or 21 and then just kind of say, I'm going to be a leader, right? Um, it doesn't happen that way. It's going to happen gradually. Um, and, and that affects, you know, the locker room, right? Um, being accountable, you know, continuing to be professional, you know, um, you know, lead by example. So, you know, I, that that's not going to happen, you know, this year or maybe even next year, right? But that's going to be another big step for him. And so there's Mitch Kupchak talking about the leadership role, which has Doug laughing. All right, Doug, get, tell us why you're laughing. We all need to know why this is a part of the yeah, pod. We need to know. Well, look, I mean, these segments are, are supposed to be short and sweet. And so as a producer, it would be responsible of me to cut out all of those filler words, you know, uh, but, you know, <laughs> you know, I, that's part of the, you know, the Mitch Kupchak experience. So, you know, I couldn't do it. 
we have to go at a snail's pace when we listen to Mitch Kupchak. And I just accepted that as soon as you told me we have some video clips of him today. But that's the leadership aspect, right? So Mitch Kupchak also talked about him getting stronger and yada, yada, stuff that we talk about every single day. I mean, defensively, whatever. Mitch Kupchak shared a lot of the same stuff that we talked about and what he needs to improve on this offseason. But not a how fair is that leadership question about LaMelo, especially being so young. I, I think whatever he said there was was totally understandable. Do you think there is a possibility he takes a big step towards that next year with the guys that are on the roster um, staying here, you know, uh, and in this situation, not being traded some of the veterans? Well, LaMelo Ball is probably a really loyal union man. And so he probably says, you know what? Leadership roles come with leadership pay. So pay me my rookie max, and then I'll be a leader. This is going to have to work. This is the way it's always worked in an NBA system. So therefore, like, pay this man his rookie max. Make sure that we don't have to fret every time LaMelo decides to say, you know what, I may be 95% certain I want to stay here rather than 100%. Pay him his rookie max. That's the thing that I just keep coming away from this comment from is just, yo, pay him his rookie max. The rest will come because at this point, he's given you no room to doubt him outside of some freak ankle injuries at this point. Yeah, and, and the Hornets are going to. They have to. It would be the, the stupidest thing ever. So they're, they're going to do that. So hopefully when that happens, the, the status will come along with the age because I agree. I do think that that matters when it comes to being a leader and how he's viewed by his teammates. What do you think of that comment there, Doug? Yeah, no, I'm totally on board with all of that. It is about status and status can come from money. Um, it, it can also come from prior achievements. You know, LaMelo came in to the league somewhat unproven. He was playing overseas. He doesn't have a you know, an NCAA tournament run or a championship or anything to lean on. So, you know, there what and look, but there are some other guys like Scoot Henderson seems to want to come into the league and immediately be a leader. There are some cats that come in and are just built that way to like be a leader, to be a vocal leader. Uh, but it is a process. And I would say too, you kind of yada yada it, but he did talk about the strength piece. The strength, him getting stronger would allow him to play more games would allow him to get to the rim a little bit more, would allow him to score a little bit more, which would then result most likely in more status because you're going to get another all-star bid. You might, it might even take your game to all NBA level. Cause look, if LaMelo ball had come into this season, stayed healthy and got to the rim more, got fouled more, put up more points and gotten an all NBA, you know, third team, all NBA, that's a status that you can take into that next season and go, all right, I have some authority now because I've done something that Terry Rozier has not done. I've done something that, you know, not a lot of people on this team have done. I don't know if Gordon Hayward has an All NBA. I don't. I don't think he does. No, he doesn't. He just got he, one All Star appearance. Yeah. So it, I've done something now that nobody else has done. So now, you know, I have some authority here. But even taking all that into account, we don't know. Even if he does get that status, if that's Lamelo's whole vibe, maybe it becomes his vibe as he gets older and wiser and more seasoned. But look, some guys just aren't built to be that kind of leader. The Hornets may as they evaluate this thing, may have to go out and find that particular person, whether it's in the draft or free agency. Yeah, maybe they do. And I I, I do think LaMelo has a shot at having that in him. I guess you're right. Sure. We just don't know yet for sure. But yeah, you're right. I do think as he gets older and as he does achieve some of those bigger titles that you can gain, not only just having the all-star title that he has right now, but also possibly flirting with all NBA performances. And of course, being the leader for a playoff team. And it's not 
you know, sorry for the yada yada, Mitch. <laughs> Didn't mean to disrespect you. But the thing is, right, it, it's just not the reason I did it is because we've all talked about that ad nauseum. OK, we talk about LaMelo a lot on the Daily Hornets podcast. None of that was anything different to me. The leadership stuff, even if we've mentioned it, it was interesting to hear his GM talk about it and also talk about it with the wherewithal saying he doesn't expect it here. And he even said he doesn't necessarily expect it next season, but at some point that's going to have to come. Doug, you had one other thing before we finished. Well, I think, you know, you can put all of the, these comments in, into context when you think about, you know, when they were elevating him for his all-star bid, they were also elevating other players on this team. And a lot of people are confused about that. Why are you putting Miles Bridges and Terry Rozier when it's clear that LaMelo Ball is the one that's in line to get the all-star bid? And I think all of this sort of, you have to take all of that into account and go, all right, well, they didn't think he was like ready to be the leader of the team. And so you group him into some certain players until he is ready to take that mantle. Uh, that's that's how they view him, and you know I, I think Lamelo will take all of this uh, very well as not not necessarily yeah. a challenge, but just like yeah, I mean that's the reality of the situation. All right, let's go to the next segment. We'll take a brief break from Mitch Kupchak. We'll get back to him in the last segment of the show. But coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We're gonna play chance. Or not a chance with one Nada Edwards, college basketball viewer of this show. We will get to that in just a moment. But I did want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. This game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of an NBA franchise. And you can play through seasons and lead your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. And in the simulation, you're responsible for everything from dealing with challenging personalities, hiring the right coaches and decisions assistance, trading and training the players, making draft picks and navigating your franchise through free agency, as well as the draft, all the ups and downs as well that come with it and the multiple seasons. So please check out Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, Lockdown Hornets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise too when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Chance or not a chance. Coming up next. This is Locked on Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I'm excited for this game. We got the top prospects here. Ready to get Nada's opinion on him. Are you ready, Nada? Is NBA draft time ramping up for you? And, uh, you know, you've got your hands in a lot of different things coming up with the prospects. Look, I got a whole bunch of notes. Let's go. Give me the first prospect right now. I need all it right, right now. Right. I got Let's, a fever for it. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, Cam Whitmore has been your guy. I know you've talked a lot about Cam Whitmore. So let me a- ask you this about Cam. Does Cam Whitmore have a chance or not a chance at going number three overall in the NBA Ooh. draft? There's a chance of that, actually. Oh, it really does yeah. depend on. <laughs> we'll get into this more the longer. I have 
questions about whether Brandon Miller can get by players at the NBA level, get by NBA defenders at the NBA level with his handle. He reminds me a lot more of a Michael Porter Jr. per se, a Rashard Lewis, maybe even a little bit of Diet Harrison Barnes, where he can defend, but the dribble aspect, the scoring off the bounce aspect, leaves a little bit to be desired. So, and then on top of that, we're talking about the Thompson twins that can, that I'm not sure I have a better sh- jump shot than right now at this point. So I do think oh, no. Cam Whitmore, who is going to impress in a lot of, there, there are a lot of people that are going to get impressed in those private workouts with Cam Whitmore. So I would not be surprised if he's, he ends up being number three. All right. So there's a chance of Cam Whitmore going number three overall. What do you think about that assessment, Doug? Does that scare you about Brandon Miller and more so is not a starting to make you lean a little bit more towards Whitmore? No, I'm, I've been leaning a little bit towards Whitmore okay. as I've been um, studying this. He kind of gives me kind of Matrix Reloaded vibes, right? I mean, he kinda, Cam Whitmore reminds me a little bit of Sean Marion when I watch okay. him. He does. Um, like, yeah. like, you like I was going to, the one thing I was going to say about that, the one thing, uh, the only question I have, and he goes into something I know you guys are going to probably talk about later this week. What's the status of Miles Bridges? Because those two are kind of redundant players. Hmm. Um, I do believe that Cam Whitmore is in, just a dynamic athlete in the mold of Miles Bridges, but they play similar games. They play with similar ferocity. So if wow. you are planning on moving away from Miles Bridges, Cam Whitmore is a really, really, really good alternative. Uh, uh, Doug, to, what did I do? Well, we, you know, Mitch Kupchak did speak about Miles Bridges um, at the press conference. We're going to get more into that tomorrow. But if I'll just say this, like if they if they allow the 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 situation around the NBA investigation into Miles Bridges, if they allow that whole deal to freeze a second straight offseason and uh, and allow it to leak into the decision on this top possibly three, possibly whatever pick. That, that would be a disaster in my mind. You cannot let that influence because even if even if they decide to bring Miles Bridges back, I think there are enough question marks around him as a player and a person that you don't want to stake your entire future. You shouldn't stake your entire future in, in that player. Uh, so they, they, they just absolutely cannot let that be a burden on their offseason. So well, I would take him plus- more regardless. Plus that kind of player, it's not like I feel like you can have an, enough of those if, if you especially feel Cam Whitmore can defend a little better across the board, which I don't know. I don't I don't know as much about him as far as a prospect goes. So, yeah, okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I would not mind having two miles as far as the skill set goes on the roster as well. Hopefully with somebody could be improving that person. All right, so Brandon Miller, let's move on to him, Nada. You mentioned him a little oh, bit. Boy. I know you're worried a little bit about him not being able to drive by his man. And so with that, because of that, Brandon Miller falling below four, do you think there's a chance or not a chance? Not a chance. Not a chance. I think if Whitmore goes three, Brandon Miller goes four. And that's because the polish and what he did on a national level this year deserves a lot of acclaim, especially leading a team in Alabama that really didn't have that much senior leadership. I do believe that this we're talking about a guy that at his worst is probably the second best shooter in the draft shooting and length and his length is a premium. It's just the one thing that you don't like. And he's still going to be a top two, top three rotation guy around his career. So 
I don't see a scenario in which he drops below four. If he drops further than than five, I think there's going to be a mess. Like I could see Utah being like, look, let me trade up to five. Let me trade both those picks. I can see a scenario with that. But I think Brandon Miller's a tr- top five draft pack draft pick in this class. I just don't think he's getting below four, depending on who it is. Doug, on the very early Branson big board, do you have Brandon Miller four overall or higher, even if you have Whitmore three? Or could you see this happening where Brandon drops below and uh, is possibly taking five or later? On my personal big board, he's four. And I've got Cam Whitmore three, and then I'm in five at this point. Uh, and it's okay. because Brandon Miller has enough of the tools, of, of every single one of the tools that that would lead to star player. Whereas, as you know, not a mention there, I'm in the jump shot is just not there. So you would really be betting on on all of that to come together, where I think Brandon Miller is a bit more of a sure bet uh, to to be a big-time star and, and and does have the shooting. As Mitch Kupchak said in the, in the press conference uh, that he just did, you can't ever have enough shooting. Uh, this team did not shoot the basketball well. So adding shooting would not hurt this team at all. So Brandon Miller would definitely be four on my big board. The thing that I would say, though, is that there is this lingering, you know, issue around um, the the shooting that took place, and and it didn't affect his ability to get playing time in Alabama. But I think it's definitely going to come up in all of his interviews, and we saw interviews affect uh, Lamelo Ball and where he was taken. He could have been number one overall, but the interviews, uh, you know, reportedly didn't go well with Golden State, uh, and it can cause you to drop a few spots. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Brandon Miller can't can't adequately address that situation. And and GMs don't want to take a chance on. I would hope that this particular front office would be a little bit uh, concerned about yeah. you know some issues that happen off the court. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, make our lives easier, please, Hornets. Just please make our lives easier. All right, let's go to the next one. Doug brought up Amen Thompson. Let's bring his brother into this too. So Nada, when it comes to the Thompson oh twins, let me look it up real quickly. The Thompson twins, Amen and Asar. Falling out of the top what did, 10. What did you, hold on. What did you look up there? <laughs> oh, I just wanted to look up your phrasing. I was looking okay. up the, I was, I needed to get to the actual question the way that it was phrased. And so gotcha. I wanted to make sure it was top mm-hmm. 10, not top five. With that being said, tops and twins, Amen and Asar, possibility mm-hmm. of them falling out of the top 10, chance or not a chance? Not a chance. Not a, no, the, the, that athleticism is way too ridiculous for them to ever f- fall any further than eight. Like, I don't see Amen falling out. I, I personally don't see Amen falling out of the top six. I don't, like, Osar is the other one that I'm not so sure of. If you're going to tell me that, that I can split the baby, yeah, I can see Osar maybe making it to 11. But the the athleticism is way too ridiculous for that. I would say this, though. They're, the, they're kind of at the back half of this draft for me right now. I kind of have a Grady Dick over them. I kind of have Nick Smith Jr., maybe even a Keontae George because there's this polish, and I know they've gone gone up against guys that can actually push them. I I hate the overtime leads against them, but at the same point, they did a lot of stuff with where the competition wasn't as good for me. So isn't that the thing though, not like the overtime elite, I'm not sure how many people listening or watching this show even have an idea, a firm idea of what overtime elite is. Maybe you can shed some light on that. This, this league that they've, that, that both Thompson twins have been participating in, but, but that's, that's the question that I have. And, And I think the thing that could, 
you know, if they do fall out of the top 10, that's the thing you're going to point to is that GMs took, take, take a look at their tape and then get some, you know, intel on this overtime elite situation and go, that's it. They just didn't play in enough competition for me to have, a, a, you know, uh, to take that kind of chance on a top 10 pick. So, I mean, how serious I, is that when you, because you, you do a, a podcast on college basketball. So I'm interested in like these college basketball experts that are on your podcast that come on as guests that are your host. How do they view yeah. the whole overtime elite situation? They don't like, that's the thing <laughs> I, I do want, but here's the thing about the, here's the thing that we got to remember about this. Shaden Sharp didn't play a single minute of college basketball last year and mm-hmm. ended up with workouts being a top seven, top eight pick. The Thompson twins will get these workouts. The Thompson twins are going to allure somebody in the top 10 with their athleticism and they will be top 10 picks. The overtime elite thing is a personal concern. I'm not sure overall it's going to end up being a massive concern for everybody going forward. Real quickly, are the is the athleticism with those guys in the same realm as Shaden? I, I watching yes. him in person. Yes. Is it okay? Yes. If if that's the case, I mean Shaden. I don't know how to describe Shaden Sharp when he rises up like that. That guy was nuts. Seeing him in person, I didn't realize that he was built like a linebacker too, except at as a taller linebacker, and he can jump. Yeah, with his head hitting the ceiling. Anyways, all right, that well, was just. I, mean, my... I, I don't know no, about but... Osar, but Amin is super strong as well. And and so these both these guys have to be at the combine, right? They can't they can't afford to. They skip. will be. Yeah, they, they will. Ha- be. They, they will. Yeah, be. they have to be. So that's I think the combine. This could be one of the more interesting combines because for the past few years it's been more about the guys who don't participate than the guys who do but I think there are so many questions this year about a lot of these guys that I think the combine is going to be super interesting you mentioned Grady Dick so I've got one more chance or not a chance for Grady Dick Um, chance or not a chance Grady Dick becomes the most famous Dick in NBA history uh, yeah, it's true. Oh, that's absolutely a chance. No, that that there's a chance. I think that's I've got a, a list. I've got a top ten list. I'm not sure if we're ready to share it yet, but I do have a top ten list of no, this is no, not NBA history. This is top ten list of the most famous dicks in basketball history. All right. Okay. Wait. So yeah. you brought up you brought yeah. up the list, and then you said we're not ready. I don't know if You're I'm not ready. Sure if we're ready. Well, because I have the list of names. Yeah. I don't. There's some research behind it. I don't have it in front of me. I can give you. Yeah. I can just go ahead and give you a name. I can go ahead and give you the tenth most famous dick in basketball history without any context. Out of this, guys. Yeah, no, he's number one, no doubt. Oh, God, I had to talk to him one time, one time on the phone as a guest. (laughs) And I'm telling you, all of the rumors, not even the rumors, just he held true to character with me on the phone. Yes, that is a great I'll tell you right now, Rick Barry is not on my list of the most famous dicks in basketball history. Um, It is uh, number. I'll just go ahead and reveal number 10 right now. Maybe we can just, uh, you know, sort of meet this out as we go towards the draft. The 10th most famous dick in basketball history is... Dick Garrett. Summer right. 10. Got a long way to go. Long way to go. <laughs> Dick Garrett. I thought you were going to mention Draymond Green and Snapchat for a second. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Let's move on. Hey, Coming dude, up come next on. on the Don't, run, don't ruin the list. Come on. <laughs> Hit the graphic. Play the graphic, Doug. Play the graphic now. Can't do it soon enough. Coming up next. Don't go to sleep on the horn. Goodness gracious, that was the longest it's ever been ever to play the coming up graphic. We will not talk about Draymond Green or any of his appendages coming up in the next segment. But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. Sorry, FanDuel, that we roped you into this. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate 
with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. I'm still listening to it. I'm still hearing it in my head. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up, place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. I, I think you guys are kind of being a little hard. Wow. In, they, they are, uh, again, and this is me trying to be Mr. Positivity, uh, which it's is weird. really not my role, but they're. they're this is, yeah, the turntables have definitely turned here. This is yeah, not, this is absolutely not your role. In fact, I think leaving this podcast. Uh, has has turned you into a completely different person. When it comes You've to changed, show. man. So, You've so what changed. I'm saying is, I think we should discredit whatever you're about to say, even before you say it. Go ahead. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Okay, we don't have a lot of time. I did want to get to this Mitch Kupchak clip and then maybe go to one, two, three of the other most famous dicks in NBA history. Let's go to the Mitch Kupchak clip about how he's trying to figure out ways to bring in talent, but he's given you a lot of the same old song and dance, something we've heard quite a bit from Mitch Kupchak when you talk I'd about. Love, I'd love to hear Mitch Kupchak sing and watch him dance. Oh, it'd be it'd be a sight to behold. Here's Mitch Kupchak talking about offseason uh, priorities and the process that comes with it. Our young players, very high on our young players, but they are young, right? Uh, we've got mm-hmm. some free agent challenges, you know, <laughs> that we have to address, you know, at the beginning of July. And we've got considerable currency, um, whether it's, you know, the draft picks, five picks, Almost all of them are in the top 45 in the draft. I think four of them are maybe in the top 40. And although we have a lot of financial flexibility, you know, we don't typically go big game hunting with our free agent money. You know, we're going to use that to sign back players. All right. So we've heard this Hmm. before. We've heard the fact that because he's in Charlotte now, that you can't go big game hunting as he presents it, Doug. I mean, how how tired are you of hearing the, well, we're oh, not going to be big players in free agency? Because he says it every single time. Every single time you ask him about how to acquire talent, he talks about how it's tough to do that sort of thing being here in Charlotte. He said big game hunting so comfortably. It makes me think that at some point, Mitch Kupchak has actually been big game hunting. <laughs> I feel like yeah. there's a picture somewhere. Oh, it's not on the internet. It's 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 being hidden somewhere of him, you know, <clears throat> elbow on the head of a dead lion. It's in his cigar lion room. James. Is that where it is? I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I think he's oh, been man. big game hunting. Uh, maybe he's hunted the 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 most dangerous game humans. We don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm speculating well, at this point. It's dangerous speculation, but it's speculation. I hope uh, not. Yeah. I, I think I might have to boycott the Hornets if it's anything like the Jimmy Johns thing, where I had to boycott that for a little while with big game. Just don't just don't tell me you killed any elephants, man. Don't do that. I I just hope that didn't happen. Kevin, the elephant. Um, I. <laughs> that was a stretch but i'll allow it i'll allow it okay thank you uh i am tired of hearing this i don't know about you nada i'm just tired of hearing what we can't do as a franchise instead of what we can do while we are mired in season after season of 
uh, you know, not making the playoffs or getting blown out in play-in games of maybe getting a coach, but then oh, we can't get a coach. You know, just all these fumbles and foibles. And then to, to constantly march out and say, well, you know, we do what we can. Like, it's just getting exhausting to me at this point. I don't know how you feel about it, Nana. Um, I'm at the point now where, like, he didn't need to ment- – I feel like this is an unforced error of sorts because what's the big game out there? Like, most of the big game is your own guys. It's Kelly Oubre if you want to bring him back, and that's a business decision, obviously, as as he mentioned. That's P.J. Washington, who's probably going to get more money on the on the market than we thought. He bet on himself. He probably won. That's bringing back Dennis Smith Jr. There's a lot of this where the big game is already in your, your section of the grasslands, and you've got to sign them. So I'm okay with bringing this stuff back, but I also want to point out that he keeps mentioning that financial flexibility and the draft picks. There is no chance they're bringing in five guys. None. Oh, no. None whatsoever. So I do think that there is a chance. I think what he's doing somewhat in his own little Mitch Kupchak way is saying, hey, we're not going to go after the big money free agents, but we can still make some moves and move some move some pieces around. I just wish the messaging was a lot better than it was, because I do think there is some positivity to be gained from it. Yeah, I think I think the organization could stand to have some fresh ideas some fresh voices you know if this team sale does go through you know I I think that would be one of the benefits of that is that there is a new mentality about what we can and can't do and there's a little bit more hope about this Hornets team striking out I mean look there are realities and I and I think most people understand that and it doesn't even need to be said honestly Uh, but you know I think at the same time uh, a little hope would would help at this point and and also the new cba that they're signing is going to give more financial flexibility to teams like charlotte to get into the luxury mm-hmm. tax to, a, a, without being so heavily penalized and i would like to think that this organization would pursue all opportunities but it feels like there are limitations on what they can do roster building wise that are beyond just the the realities of things and are more self-fulfilling prophecy, self-imposed small market mentality. And I hate it. Like, I hate it. Well, yeah, he reminds you of all the limits as well. And so if you're not yeah. going to bring in the five draft picks, because clearly you're not going to bring in five new guys. Roster spots. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, and he, and he, this is a guy that didn't want one extra lottery player on his team last year or first round yeah. player last but he year. Was right. so he, he was wise it. for that. But let's be fair, he was right. He I was don't, right why? about why it. Why was he right? He was, why was he right? Because I don't I think if Miles Bridges doesn't go full psychopath, that becomes another problem in which I'm not sure you're able to keep a Bryce McGowan's who was one of probably your brighter spots on the season. I do think he was kind of right about that. He the, Mitch ends up being right. It's a lot of the time what he does wrong is the messaging. And if he had a better translator, and hey, look, this is a good idea for you. You need a Mitch translator, a mm. happy, positive Mitch truck, because he's cranky old man that tells you we can't afford anything, and then somehow you find a pieces, a couple of pieces of candy in your pillow, maybe a Jolly mm. Rancher or two, maybe a Werther's. <laughs> but at the same point, like he is really like his messaging sucks, but a lot of the time he ends up being right about these things even though the messaging is miserable. I would say sometimes he is. Uh, yeah, and I and I can I can hear that. But I just, the big game hunting thing, 
if you're not going to go with top five it was guys, unnecessary. Well, well, right. And so tell me how you can go out big game hunting. Tell me that you can use some of those assets and trade for Hippo G and Anobi. Tell me that, please. That's what I want to know. <laughs> so if you can do that, then that would be there fantastic. And everything would be just fine. Wash your hands with it and done. All right, let's end with the famous dick here, Doug. Can you tell us a famous dick or a couple of them before we end with Nada? Uh, yeah, number you nine. Better leave Jarrett out of this. Uh, number nine, most famous dick in basketball history is Dick Barnett. The number eight most famous dick in basketball history, of course, Dick Van Arsdale. Yeah, there's a good one. There's a dick I know. Let's get to six. Let's go to six because six okay. actually um, uh, was a member of the Charlotte Hornets staff at one point. Number seven, most famous dick in basketball history, Dick McGuire. Famous okay. Nick. I think some people that are that are hoop heads, serious hoop heads, uh, would would know that deep cut dick, that deep dick McGuire. Uh, number six, most famous dick in basketball history is former Hornets head coach, the first Hornets head coach, Dick Harder. All right. A hornet. A hornet dick. Come in back there. for the top five tomorrow. All right. <laughs> That's got five more. Got five more dicks. Most famous dicks in basketball. Yeah, all history. right. Yeah. We got dicks for you all week long. Famous ones, all sorts of them. We appreciate you joining us. And I'm sorry to anybody who has children listening Why? to this episode. Why? We appreciate it it's anyway. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks to Nada. Catch him on the Ion College Basketball Podcast. They'll turn it out content, but also you can catch his work. Uh, working with the NFL draft. What's the draft pod that you're working on? Not to tell the people with the first it's with the first pick for um, it's Ryan, ha Ryan Wilson and Rick Spielman. Really great Ooh. draft. Not your typical draft NFL draft podcast. It's really good. We're going to have a couple of player interviews. You're going to love it. I promise. Not a final take first pick Carolina Panthers. Who are they picking? Uh, it's Did you freeze? Oh, freeze. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's oh, great! Oh my god! You have that's to wait amazing. till next time. You have to Ow. wait till next time he comes. That on was that was amazing. That was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I like the way that it ended there. Don't bring him back. It's locked on Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. Go check out Nada Edwards and at Nada the Scribe. We appreciate his time here. Thanks for making us your first oh listen. God. Now make your second listen. Game to game NBA. Every moment. Every top performance. Every result. Locked on game to game covers every game. <laughs> I'm choking up every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast.